That is a struggle that every person faces every day. Who are we going to give the seed of our life to? I've been a Christian for now 20 years, and every single day, I've got to make a choice. Is Jesus going to lead my life today, or am I going to lead it? Is Jesus going to lead my marriage today, or am I going to sit there? Is God going to be in charge of my finances, or am I going to be in charge? Is God going to be in control of whether I'm happy or not, or am I going to be in control? Because I want you to get this picture tonight, friends. Every time, every time me and you get in this seat and push God out of the way, every time we hurt our life, Every time we grab Jesus and we pull him out of that seat, every time we do that and we sit down in there, we cut off God's blessing. Every single time we tip the seat over and we get in there, it's like we push God away. And tonight, I want to speak to you about how God wants to sit in the seat of your heart and my heart, and he wants to control our lives so that we can be blessed. If you have your Bibles, would you turn me tonight to Proverbs chapter four, and we're gonna be looking at verses five to 13 tonight, and I wanna speak to you on this one subject of wisdom in an upside down world. Wisdom in an upside down world. You see, one of the blessings when we let God have that seat in our life, one of the blessings of when we let God have that seat in our marriage, one of the blessings when we let God have that seat in everything we do, life just becomes easier. Oh, it doesn't mean that, I didn't say life was easy, it just became easier. And, and, when we get in that seat, I'm telling you, how many of you who've been saved for a long time can say, we just made life harder on ourselves when we take over? Do you have any seasoned saints that agree with me? We just made things tougher on our marriage when we took over. We made things tougher on the people around us. Oh, don't shut me down when I'm preaching good tonight. We just made things tougher on the people around us when we took over. But I want to talk to you about the benefits of God's wisdom. Because, see, God's wisdom is contrary to the wisdom that you and I learn as men and women. Here's a couple points. If you want to find your life, what do you have to do? Lose it. If you get slapped on the cheek, what are you supposed to do? Turn the other cheek. The first shall be, and the last shall be. So you see, God's wisdom, it's so different than the wisdom of this culture. So let's look at what Proverbs chapter four, verses five and 13 talks about wisdom in an upside down world. Let's look at verse number five. It says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Now, now, do you see how God's making this pretty clear? He says, do not forget my words. 
And do not swerve from them. Verse six, do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Esteem her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will get a garland of grace on your neck, on your head, and present you with a crown of splendor. Verse 10, listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. Verse 11, I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you among straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. And finally, verse 13, hold on to the instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Friends, tonight I want to speak to you about wisdom in an upside-down world. Would you just pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for your word. Lord, I just ask you right now in the name of Jesus to speak to us. I just ask you right now, Lord, in Jesus' name to help our hearts to turn away from our natural fleshly desires and to receive your wisdom. Lord, let your wisdom flow into my life, into Kelly's life, and into every man and woman's life that's here tonight. I love you. I thank you that my sins are forgiven. I thank you, Lord, for your wisdom flowing in power tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, tonight I want to look at three main points. And I want to speak to you because I believe that God has spoken this word to my heart to give to you. Let's look at number one. First of all, the benefits of getting God's wisdom. Now, how many of you have a spouse that does not like to read directions when it comes to putting things together? Could I just see a hand? Just, let's just, confession is good for the soul. And what I've seen, because I resemble that remark, what happens is sometimes I will get something that I'm supposed to put together and I will just start trying to put it together and then finally after about 20 or 30 or 40 minutes of laboring, then I decide, well, I think I'll read the instructions. And then after I read the instructions, it's together in five minutes. That is a picture of my life and yours. God, he gives us the instruction manual for our life. But a lot of times, even as Christians, we put the instruction manual down. And we try to do it without the instruction manual. So let me talk to you about the benefits of getting God's wisdom. Let's look at number one. First of all, this is why you need to get wisdom tonight. Number one, wisdom brings you protection. Let's look at verse number six, chapter four. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Friends, I'm telling you, the protection of God is greater than any army, any martial arts system, any weapon. When you have God's wisdom, you are protected. Oh, I was doing premarital counseling with a couple yesterday that I'm gonna do their wedding uh, next week. And, I, and what blessed me about this couple is they were just like sponges. I mean, I was just able to pour God's word into their hearts. And I thought about, you know what? They're receiving this, and you know what they're doing? They're receiving protection for their marriage. Let's look at the second benefit. The benefit of getting God's wisdom is number two. Ooh, wisdom brings exaltation. Look at verse number eight. This isn't my word. Esteem her, and she will exalt you. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I have never heard this preached until tonight, ever. 20 years of being a Christian, but I'm gonna preach this. God wants you exalted. Ooh. What do you mean, Barry? Well, look at verse number eight. 
esteem her, and she will exalt you. You see, God wants to exalt your life if you'll give him the credit. God wants to exalt every area of your marriage and your finance is if you'll give him the credit. Let me give you another scripture because some people have trouble receiving this word, Luke 14, 11. Here's what the New Testament says about that. Luke 14, 11 says, he who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, now look at that. It's in the Old and in the New Testament. He who exalts himself will be humbled. So notice, if we're exalting ourselves, God stomps that out. He, he doesn't want that. But he who humbles himself will be exalted. You know, I've seen this with Christian businessmen or women where they just honor God with their business. And guess what God does? He raises them up. I've seen people with their ministries. I have seen two pastors or two young men where one young man could preach and the other couldn't preach. And you know, I've seen it where the one who couldn't preach had a bigger ministry than the one who did because the one who didn't depended on God and the one who had the skill became prideful in their own skill. And I just want, if you're taking notes, this is for free, God does not anoint pride. God does not anoint or favor pride. So if you get God's wisdom, you will be exalted. Let's look at number three. So the benefits of God's wisdom Wisdom will be a crown for you. Oh, man. Wisdom will be a crown for you. Let's look at verse number nine here. Verse number nine says this. Wisdom will set a garland of grace on your head and present you with a crown of splendor. Let me kind of get real practical. Have you ever been around somebody's marriage and you're like, man, I wish we had a marriage like that. Have you ever been around somebody and something bad happens in their life and man, it's like water off a duck's back. And you're like, man, I wish I handled problems like they do. Have you ever seen somebody where something something comes up and, and somebody's mean to them or hateful and they just respond in love? And you think, wow, man, I wish I could respond like that. Friends, can I tell you, God's placing a crown on those people. There are certain people that if they submit to God, it's like a crown of favor. I I don't know how to describe it, but I've just been around people that just every time they turn, they're blessed, and and, and they're blessed, and and they're blessed. Well, they've got God's wisdom. I, I just want you to receive this tonight. There is no way you will not be blessed if you follow God's wisdom. The word of God is 100% faithful. 2 Timothy 3.16, for God's word is able to teach, correct, and rebuke. It's 100% faithful. And so those people that have those crowns of blessing, they just follow God's wisdom. Let's look at number four. So wisdom, oh, thank God for this. Number 10, and verse number 10, will lengthen your life. Listen to what verse 10 says. It says, listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. Can I tell you, if you want the years of your life to be many, get the wisdom of God. Now, how many of you will say amen to this? If you want to have a happy marriage, get the wisdom of God. If you want to be happy in your finances, get the wisdom of God. Wisdom will, do you see how blessed wisdom is here? 
I mean, throughout this chapter, God is just saying, get wisdom, get wisdom, get wisdom. And how many of you have ever seen an educated idiot? Washington is full of them. Oh, man, those people are so educated, they couldn't get out of a paper sack. Republicans and Democrats. Okay, well, what happens? When you don't have God's wisdom, it doesn't matter what man has said about you, it's, it's worthless. And, and can I just, I just want you to receive that. If man says no and God says yes, God's yes will triumph over man's no. Did you hear that one more time? If, if you're wanting to do something and man says no, but God says yes, baby, I want to tell you something, you're going to overcome that obstacle. I'm telling you, you're going to overcome it if God says yes. Now, let me just give you one last thing for free here. A lot of times God says yes, and we try to make it a maybe. God, would you bless this? And he says no, and we say, okay, thank you for the maybe. Okay, let's look at number five here. So the benefits of getting God's wisdom, we get protection, we get exaltation, we get a crown, our, our, length, our life is lengthened. And then verse, look at verse number 11. It says, I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. Number five, wisdom will keep you on straight paths and not the crooked ones. Okay, how many of you have ever seen Christians, their Christian life, it's like a roller coaster. Man, when you meet them, woo, they're on the mountaintop and they're great and fun to be around. Somebody's mean to them at work, and they're right back down. They come to church, woo, they get excited for the Lord, pastor preaches a great message, and then, then something in their family says something, they're right back down. And that is not God's will. God does not want you or me to be roller coaster Christians. That is not his word. That is not his will. The Bible says, you finish this verse. We're supposed to go from glory to Glory. Romans 8, 37, knowing all these things, you are more than conquerors. And so here's what wisdom does. Wisdom will keep you on a straight path. Will keep you on a straight path. And friends, I just want to challenge you with this. If God tells you to do something and it looks like you can't understand it, guess what? You've heard God's will. Very rarely will God tell you something that you completely understand. I didn't quite understand everything that was transpiring when I became a Christian, but I knew he was leading me. And friends, there's gonna be times that God speaks to us and, and he's telling us things and, and we can't fully comprehend them. That's when we know it's God. Let me look at number six here tonight. So what, what are the benefits of getting God's wisdom? Let's look at verse number 12 here. Verse 12 says this, when you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Number six. Wisdom will keep limits off your life. Listen to verse number 12 one more time. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. Have you ever heard, had this happen where you feel like God's leading you on a job or God's leading you to lead a life group or teach a Sunday school class and all of a sudden you just feel like you're stumbling? Here's what it says one more time in verse number 12. It says, when you walk, your steps will not be hampered. 
See, friends, when we get God's wisdom, we don't have to stumble around in the dark. We don't have to kind of feel our way around. When we have God's wisdom, what he does is he takes limits off. He just takes the shackles off. He, he takes those off. And if you're here today and you've got some type of dream or vision or calling, the way that we get limits off of our life, the way that we get limits off of our finances is we get God's wisdom in there. And let me give you the last one, the benefits of getting God's wisdom is wisdom will keep you from stumbling. It will take the limits off, and get, as verse number 12 says, it will keep you from stumbling. Now, I could go all over the Bible, but I just picked out these seven thoughts here because I want you to be hungry for God's wisdom. I've tried to show you all these positive things because we need God's wisdom. I've seen so many people come into my office and they want to set up a counseling appointment And they're willing to talk to me, but they're not willing to get alone with God by themselves. And if any of you want to talk to me at any time, I'll set up an appointment anytime. But I want you to know something. If you meet with Barry and you don't meet with God, it's worthless. God wants you and me to get in a self-service line where we meet alone with him. And we kneel, when we kneel down to him privately and we say, God, give me your wisdom and then you put where you need his wisdom. God, give me your direction and you put that place you need direction. God, speak to me on this because he will speak to us if we ask him. But a lot of times we want fast food service with God, don't we? Oh man, I can't understand. I prayed to God for five minutes and he didn't speak to me. Oh, Man, Barry, I'm telling you, I read 10 verses in the Bible and God still hasn't spoken to me yet. You know what? I love spending time with Kelly. And I, the more time I'm with her, the more I get to know her. And friends, the more time we're with God, the more we get to know him. Okay, so let me give you the second point here tonight. So I've talked to you about the benefits of getting God's wisdom. Number two, what keeps people from getting wisdom? Okay, now I'm gonna get in your seat tonight. This is what, these are five major reasons that keep people from getting God's wisdom. Let's look at number one. The number one reason people sometimes don't get the God's wisdom is when they don't think they need to listen to someone in authority. How many of you wish your kids were in this sermon series here tonight? When they don't feel like they need to listen to somebody who is in authority. How many of you wish you had the wisdom you had now when you were 18. Just raise your hand. I heard somebody say, youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> Friends, I've seen 80, 70, 50, 40, 30, 20-year-old people who would not listen to authority. I've seen people in our church who when it comes to youth ministry, they wouldn't listen to Pastor Craig. Or kids ministry, they wouldn't use Pastor Perry, or Mary. When it comes to worship, Pastor Jeff. When it comes to general church, Pastor Newby. And if people don't listen to me, I hurt you. So it doesn't matter to me. When, 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 I just want you to receive this. Everybody's underneath authority. If you want to get to that place where you're never under authority, then you're just going to have to get over it. <laughs> because... Everybody's under authority. If you own a company, 
You're under the authority of your customers. If they don't buy the product, you're gonna go down. <laughs> pastor Newby's pastor of the church, but he's under the Southern Missouri District Superintendent. Everybody is under some type of authority. And can I tell you, I just want you to receive this. It's only the spiritually immature that can't get under authority. I want you to hear that one more time. It's only the spiritually immature that cannot get under authority. Can I tell you, I have had godly men in my life. Most of them have spoke wisdom in my life. But a few times, I've had godly people speak crazy things. I don't disrespect them because I honor my elders. I just listen to them and then go meet alone with God and see what God says about it. But I'm telling you, 99% of the time, if somebody's older than you, 99% of the time, they got something good to say. Are you responding to authority? Let's look at number two. So what keeps people from getting wisdom? Number one, when they don't think they need to listen to someone in authority. Number two, when they become impatient. Oh, woo. How many of you struggle with impatience? Just raise your hand right now. I got both hands up. I'm telling you, sometimes I can be so impatient. And I just want you to receive this tonight. Nobody becomes a man of God in one or two years. No woman becomes a powerful woman of God in one or two seasons. Friends, to become truly powerful in God, it takes a lifetime. It takes a lifetime. Uh, those people that work out all the time, they realize that you don't get in shape overnight. Unfortunately, thank you, sister. You, it takes time. You're not ready for retirement overnight. It takes years and years, and that's how it is with God. We, we've just got to keep being faithful. Be, and, and, you know, people don't like that. People want to know how they can make a one-time offering and buy a Lexus cash in Jesus' name. <laughs> but here's what God wants. He wants you to be faithful today and faithful to him tomorrow and faithful the next day after that and faithful again and faithful and faithful. And when you're just faithful to God day after day, month after month, year after year, all of a sudden you just get a, a power and you're just different than other people because you have God's wisdom. Let's look at number three. What keeps people from getting wisdom number three when they want gratification right now? I want you to hear this. If you turn to God right now, he'll forgive every sin. He'll give you his peace, his grace. But many, many things in life, you don't get immediate gratification. Why is it that credit card indebtedness is so widespread? Because people want gratification right now. What did our grandfathers and grandmothers used to do? Well, when I've got saved up enough money, then I'll go buy that shirt. Well, when I've got enough money put together, we'll take that trip. But what does this generation do? Let's charge it up, baby. Let's bring out the plastic. Let's just roll with it. I mean, I tell you, uh, Andrea was talking to me and Andrea told me she wanted his bad card. She couldn't know the plus, and the devil have to pay for it. I'm joking. Andrea didn't say that, but I wish somebody would have said that. 
But we're not going to get instant gratification. Can I say one more thing? For those of you that are single in here, one of the worst things you can try to do is get gratification instantly in the, in the area of the opposite sex. More lives have been destroyed when a man tries to get instant gratification with another woman. That is completely out of God's will, or vice versa. We need the principle of delayed gratification. Those people that are wealthy, delayed gratification. That means, let's save now. Those people that lost weight, Delayed gratification. Okay, I'm going to put it off here. Those people that are ready for retirement, delayed gratification. Those people that have become great men and women of God, delayed gratification. Number four, I know this isn't popular here tonight. Number four, what keeps people from getting wisdom? Mm. When they are not teachable. Can I tell you, this makes me so sad. About a year ago, keep in mind I've done a lot of weddings, so don't try to guess who this is. But I was doing a wedding for a young couple and I was taking them through some intensive premarital counseling and we got to the money part. And I'll never forget this. I started talking to them about, okay, if you'll follow these principles, you're so young, you'll have X amount saved up when, you're, when you retire and this will bless your family and your household. And I was talking to them about some great principles. And the husband just was, the husband to be was just not listening. He was a businessman who was in his young 20s and never been married, and he just thought he knew what was good. See what I did? Nothing worth trying to teach fool wisdom. I just said, okay, I'll just. And I know five or 10 or 15 years from now, that couple's going to be a major financial problems. They weren't teachable. And sometimes you and me aren't teachable. Sometimes the best thing for us is to not hear what we want to hear, but what we need to hear. And if you, if you are close to God, listen to me. If you're close to God, he will tell you the things you want to hear and the things you don't want to hear. There's been times I've been with God and God has said, Barry, you needed to show that couple more love and mercy. Get back there. Because he loves me. Have you ever had that? How many of you have kids? Just raise your hand. Okay. okay I want you to get this principle. If your son or daughter's in your house and acts up, what do you do? Maybe you don't. St- <laughs> but but you, you set the record straight. Isn't it harder? Listen to me. Isn't it harder to discipline other people's kids, though? Listen to me. That's how it is with God. One of the ways you know God loves you and you're truly one of his sons or daughters is because he's disciplining you. Just like you can discipline your own children ten times easier than you can discipline another kid. God disciplines his own children because he loves them. And listen to me. You have to be teachable. If you have a son or daughter... Whoever our next youth pastor is, you need to let them, you need to be teachable to them, even if they are younger than you. Don't shut me down, I'm preaching good. If pastor approaches you and there's something Pastor Newby shares with you and you don't like it, you need to be teachable. And I need to be teachable. I'm saying that to me. Okay, let me give you number five here. 
So what keeps people from getting wisdom? And this is the last one on this point. When they don't learn from the past. Have you ever seen somebody, they make a mistake and son of a gun, a couple years later they make that same mistake. You ever see that in somebody in your family? I mean, you just wish they would finally learn. Friends, God wants to give you his wisdom. And here's what the devil, he does not want you to learn from your mistakes. Every mistake you've ever made, it can be valuable if you learn. Four or five years ago, I was buying a car and made a major, major error when I was buying the car. You know what? That's made us thousands of dollars because I'll never make that error again because I learned from it. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Every mistake, God can turn into a blessing. I want you to hear that one more time. Every mistake you've made, God can turn it into a blessing. Genesis 50, 20, what the devil intended for him, God turns around and uses for good, as long as you learn from it. Let me give you the last main point as Chris comes to play very softly tonight. So we've talked about wisdom. We've talked about wisdom in an upside-down world. And we talked about, number one, the benefits of wisdom. Then we looked at number two, what keeps people from getting God's wisdom. Let me give you the last one, number three, some practical steps, how we can get more of God's wisdom, more of his wisdom. Let's look at these points here tonight as we close. Some just real practical steps. Number one, how do I get more wisdom from God? Now I want you to just, I just want you to make sure you receive this. The more of God's wisdom you have, the more blessed you are. Do I have an amen to that? The more of God's wisdom you have, the more you're gonna enjoy life. Do I have an amen? So how do we get more of it? Number one, get a mentor or accountability partner with a track record. Can I just say something, and I don't want you to think I'm arrogant. I love being a pastor. If I became governor of the state of Missouri tomorrow, it would be a step down from being the associate pastor at Crown Point. But can I tell you part of the reason I love being a pastor? Because I think I'm pretty good at it. Do you know why? I've been under three great men of God. My first pastor is Bob Fredericks. He's been in that church over 25 years, and I preached his 25th anniversary. My second church, Pastor Dr. Ray Brewer had been there for 30 years, and I was like a sponge around him. Then I've been at Crown Point for six years this September, and I've been a sponge. And so here's what I've done. I've got around people with a track record. That's one of the greatest things I learned from Central Bible College is get around people with a track record. Now, I know I got a lot to learn, and there's a lot of pastors that can do things better than me. But one thing is I enjoy being a pastor because I've picked up wisdom from these guys with a track record. And friends, you've got to get somebody in your life with a track record. We push life groups because you need somebody with a track record. How many of us can give somebody knowledge in a book that will explain marriage? Can anybody write that book? No, you got to be married to know what it's like to be married. Am I right? <laughs> Did any of you read any books or watch any tape series that totally prepared you to have kids? Oh, once I got that tape, I got perfect, I 100%, no mistakes. But no, you got to have kids to know what it's like to have kids. 
And a lot of times, the only way we can learn is by having a man or woman of God in our lives that's been there before. Yesterday, um, you guys were so blessed. Starting, I'm not exactly the date done, but we have a new music pastor, and he's phenomenal. Out at Overland Park, the Church of the Resurrection, it's the largest Methodist church in the entire country. They were having this massive worship conference, and our music pastor was teaching there. People from all over the country, all over the world, if you go on there, Ferdy Gento's on there, our new music pastor, and Pastor and I, we went out to a session. Well, anyway, Pastor and I went to lunch, and all at lunch, you know what I was doing to Kenny? I was just asking Pastor question after question, question after question. Just trying to get as much wisdom from him as possible. You and me, we need to get those people in our lives. That's how you get more wisdom. I tell young couples, if you want to have a godly marriage, make sure you get relationships with couples who have a great marriage and get around them. Number two. Number two. So how do we get more wisdom? Get to memorizing the word of God. I'm telling you, I know a lot of Christians that don't want to memorize the Bible. They don't take time to memorize it. I'm begging you tonight, memorize the word of God because it will give you power. Listen to 1 Corinthians 10, 13, right here in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has ceased you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Do you know why I memorized that scripture back in 1995? Because I was tempted to do evil things. And I wanted to put that scripture in there in 1996 so that it would try to keep me from stepping out of bounds. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Number three. Not even eight o'clock yet. Get specific scriptures for the trials you have in your life right now. I'm telling you, you got to do that. If you want God's wisdom and you're struggling with guilt, find two, three, four scriptures about guilt and just read them over and over. And that guilt's going to leave. If you're struggling with low self-esteem, find two, three, four scriptures about low self-esteem and read them all the time. Put them on an index card and put them in your purse. If you're struggling with uh, overcoming some type of thing in the past, you get three or four or five victory scriptures and you put them on an index card and you go over and over and over. Do you know why I preach from the Word of God? It's because the Word of God beats the devil back. The Word of God pushes the enemy back. The Word of God gives us victory to live life in power and victory and blessing. But you gotta have it. A Christian who doesn't memorize the Word of God is like a police officer that has a gun and no shells in it. Just looks good on the outside. Number four. Last one tonight as we close. Tonight, I really felt like God wanted us to get into this wisdom. And I want you to hear the last one. Get specific scriptures for the dreams you have in your life. Get them. I've said this. Kelly and I lead the young adult life group. A few years ago, when we had car payments and student loans and credit card, you know what I started doing? I had a dream that Kelly and I could be debt-free. So I just started quoting those scriptures over and over. 
this car got paid off and that car got paid off and this student loan got paid off and this one got paid off this credit card got lo and behold boom debt free well it's because I got the word of God and I just beat the devil back beat him back beat him back beat him back and if God gives you a dream, oh, man, you want to get this master's degree or this doctor or be the first person from your family to graduate college, get, a, get scriptures about God fulfilling dreams, and then let's do it. Wherever you have a dream or a vision, get scriptures about that. Put them into place. Wisdom. I'm going to close with this story, and, and you might have heard it before, but then we're going to close and pray. Not even eight. We're right at eight. Um, anybody know who Sam Walton is? Former president and CEO of Walmart. Well, Sam Walton was a very, very, very wealthy man. Very wealthy. How many of you wish you were in his family? <laughs> Count me in. <laughs> I'm adopted. Praise God. Okay. So he passes away. And the reading of his will was an exciting thing for his family. True story. So Sam Walton, this multi-billionaire, president and CEO of the company that employs more people than anybody in the world, Walmart, dies. And I mean, it's a, it's a time to read the, his uh, will at his, his will reading. And I mean, all types of family members are there. And they start reading through that will. And this one family member, they get a couple million. And this other family member, they get all these stock options. And this other family member, and I'm not sure I'm giving you all the specifics dead on, but they get this piece of property and this other family. And so it's just going and going and going. Where there's one, there was this one young man in Sam Walton's family that didn't want anything to do with God. Remember we talked about the seat? That young man wanted to sit in the seat and didn't want anything to do with God. And so he's, he's hoping that his, his father's given him something. And, and the attorney reads off the young man's name. <laughs> and Sam Walton gave him one of his Bibles. And I'm telling you, with that Bible in his hand, he almost started cussing. <laughs> and he probably did, I don't know. And he was so furious. This family member's got millions, and this family member's got this piece of property, and this family member's got all these st shares of Walmart stock, and he walks out of there with the Bible. Weeks went by before he would even open it. And finally, he was so mad, the bitterness towards his, his grandfather just overwhelmed him. Finally, he opens up, there's a, opens up the Bible, and inside there, our stock share certificates worth millions. And it says, my grandson, never forget everything you need is in the word of God. Okay, well, that's a principle for you and me. Everything we need is right in here. It's why I preach with it. It's why I just don't tell people stories because my stories are worthless. It's this that gives us power. Tonight, God wants you to have his wisdom. And tonight, God wants you to get out of this seat. And he wants to take it. Would you bow your hearts with me in prayer tonight? Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, for these great folks to share your word with. And Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you.